You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast. Unbelievably, we're at season 10, we're absolutely winning it. Uh, episode one. So I'm John, if you've not heard before. Um, I may also be called F-Bomb John at times, for reasons the other guys will maybe want to explain, but I would say are probably easy enough to, to guess. Uh, I'm joined by the other John, who is good John. You're Hello right? F-Bomb, how are you? Welcome back. Yes. It seems like we've not been away for that long, to be fair. Well, three weeks is the longest break that we've had for a while. <laughs> yeah. I think we've had less of a break than the footballers. Yeah, that's true. And we are uh, also have Chris on. How are you doing? You alright? Hi, here we go, turn the over. Hi. Jesus, a podcast, that is. Yes. You uh, might as well start getting it going, eh? We were tempted just to scrap the podcast so that Celtic don't win another title, but uh, maybe change it to a different name or something like that, see if that works, but no, we're back. It's, it's, it's funny how this podcast has managed to last just as long as Celtic's run. So, uh, well, I'm, I'm keeping this podcast going as long as I can. Aye. Well, I see you, we're obviously, we're recording a wee bit different this season. We're doing it in Zoom. We're not going to put video out and that because you know what I see in ugly mugs. Uh, but we like to start by wee, what you're drinking, what you get on the, on the go tonight, Chris. I've got my, my Guinness mug filled with uh, hot chocolate. Minty hot chocolate. Enough, but, aye, hot, hot chocolate. chocolate. Fancy. That, does that count as a, a hot cocktail? Um, that was an unfortunate breakup of the signal. Um, it stopped between <laughs> uh, tail and the first half of that word. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, um, I'll, I'll go with a cocktail, yes, <laughs> and not the unfinished. <laughs> Moving oh on. Gee whiz. <laughs> Need the edit button early on. Uh, so, John, what you got on the go? Uh, it's a Dillon Apple and Black Current, so you could say it's a cocktail of some sort, um, but I can't really drink just now in case I'm needed for emergencies right now. <laughs> How are you? Are you the new uh, Celtic goalkeeper? My what, sorry? The new Celtic goalkeeper. <laughs> Only for when they're playing Aberdeen. And then we'll even out the 9-0 from the 10 years ago. Hi. <laughs> uh, I've got a wee Dutch number, a wee Dutch beer, a hoppy blonde it's called. So a hoppy blonde will probably go nice for a hot cocktail. The, the jokes don't get any better as well, do they? We should maybe just start again. Uh, bye, we're back. Um, football, so we've not seen Scottish football for a while, have we? No, apart from uh, repeats and sports scene and uh, various YouTube outlets and club outlets, it's, um, it's obviously been off since the 13th of March, but thankfully it's back this week. Um, we weren't sure at one point if it would happen this week. Unfortunately, there's still no crowds. 
um, going to games. Although uh, it's been announced that um, about the pay-per-view packages um, that some clubs um, have put in. Um, so you can, although you can't get to go to the game, you can at least watch it. Some of the prices are a wee bit questionable. Um, just to put things in perspective, uh, Callum sent me um, what the English Championship were charging. They were charging £10 per game, every club flat out. Livingston are charging 20 Yeah, I seen that yesterday. In a way, I can understand what they're saying in terms of protecting the season ticket holders, but realistically, how many folk are going to pay 20 quid to watch a game? And that's regardless of whether it's any of the teams, I think, in the, the top flight. But I certainly wouldn't be paying 20 quid to watch a game at home on TV. It would have to be a massive game for it to be to be paying that. Or if you had pals and you had your pals around, you'd maybe chip in, but you're not paying that yourself, realistically. Um, but then on the flip side, well, what you've got... If you want to watch Game of Thrones, then you pay for a full box set. Uh, but aye, on the flip side, what you've got Motherwell and Kilmarnock, they're £12.50, which is maybe a bit more realistic. Because I think about if you maybe get like a Now TV pass or something like that, I think a Now TV pass for the day is about a tenner, something like that. So twelve fifty seems a bit more uh, of a sensible price. But I noticed, I think Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen, maybe a couple others haven't announced what their pay-per-view prices are going to be yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, although obviously Aberdeen's game couldn't be available apart from international red TV subscribers because of the the fact their game's in Sky on on Saturday. Um, any game that's on Sky is basically exempt from this. But Hibs are under Hibs are under I'm sure I've seen other teams saying that they can show the they're still going to be shown the home games if they're on Sky if they've got a season ticket. I think the pay-per-view won't work, but I think if you've got a virtual season aye, ticket, yeah, yeah, aye, so that's yeah. a different side. The virtual aye. season ticket, you'll still get the games on Sky, but not if you're doing pay-per-view, aye. Yeah, but Hibs haven't um, announced anything for their weekend gaming against Kilmarnock because um, even though it's not on TV, so don't, they've not explained, um, as far as I know, as we record this, why. So it's a bit strange. Um, what is interesting as well is that a lot of the in-house um, TVs are... Um, TV stations are, you know, bringing in pretty well-known presenters like Rob McLean's going to um, Aberdeen and uh, um, David Tanner's went to uh, Hibs TV. You've got Derek Ray doing um, the commentary for Red TV. Rory Hamilton's doing both Celtic TV and Ross County TV. Um, and we've also got the boy Jamie Lyle doing Ross County TV as well. Um, and you've had the likes of Sutton signed up and... Yeah, it's, pre- it's pretty interesting. But I wonder who Livingston are getting if they're charging 20 quid. Um, maybe maybe getting Leonardo DiCaprio or something like that. <laughs> or Tony Macaroni himself. Pape Station. <laughs> 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 well, I was thinking if for 20, for 20 quid, if you're going to screw you over, they may as well give up to your life. Aye. Um, I, I, I don't um, know what Sky to... also announced their main sort of set up today mm. um, so Ailey Barber's staying on as uh, the main presenter which is good, good. because yep. David Tanner never did like him and Ailey McQueen God bless her didn't really have the personality for presenting the entire thing so uh, Ailey Barber was settling the improvement when she was on last season so I'm glad she's continuing um, unfortunately Andy Walker's also continuing on there um, a man who probably unites both sides of Glasgow these days. 
they've brought in John Hartson and Alan McCoyst. We haven't got Neil McCann, which is probably good. Uh, we do still have Chris Boyd, unfortunately. Uh, no Chris Commons either, that was noticeable. So no change uh, of sky, they're, they're, going, sky, they're going old firm heavy. Mm-hmm. Basically, if you used to play for an old firm team, you've yeah. got a better chance of getting a job with Sky. Yeah. As a pundit. I think Dan Fletcher's a good one um, to bring in, to be fair. I think he's. I, I don't know who his Scottish team is, mind you, but um, he'll he hopefully provide a bit of a balance. I think he's from Doug Keith, so I don't know if he's Hibs or Hearts, maybe, or if he even has a Scottish team or that. doesn't necessarily mean he's going to support Hibs. I mean, sure Dan Fletcher's a Celtic man. I saw him at, I saw him at a Bonnie Rigg game once, actually. Maybe that's what he's I'd like to think he'll be um, quite fair. Alan McCoy is uh, well know and he doesn't exactly hide it, um, but he's at least, um, you know, he can at least be impartial um, when he's talking about Celtic or Rangers. You know, he'll call it either way. Um, but you know, whereas other people on that, I, I, panel, I don't mind. When like you go, Chris. The, the, this this belief that you have to, if you're a Celtic man or a Rangers man, you have to somehow hide it, has never made any sense to me because I always respected people like Derek Johnson, obviously a big Rangers man. I, I think Alan McCoy's a great pundit. I think that's he's kind of got his call on there since he's he's probably a better pundit than he has a coach to be honest. Um, but I, I I'm quite happy to have Alan McCoy in that setup. It's people like Chris Boyd who have no personality and just talk garbage that I don't like. Um, but I, like equally Andy Walker, former Celtic player. Um, great hero of the, the centenary season. Um, don't like him as a pundit either, or a co-commentator for that matter. So, I don't think who you used to play for or who you support should really matter. It's how you do the job itself. And yeah. I, say, I think Armour Coyce is terrific at that job, so I'm glad he's in. Look down south at Gary I'm not a fan of McFadden as a pundit, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think he's got the personality for it either. Yeah. Um, and then over in the sports scene, they were announcing their setup. They've got back to the, the Saturday um, highlights, which is good to see. Um, I think Jonathan Sullivan's picking up the Saturday one, and then they're letting Stephen Thompson present the Sunday one. Now, I know we have Leanne Crichton on, um, and she's fortunately carrying on, on the Friday nights, mm-hmm. uh, which is good, because uh, I think she's done really good there. Um, I don't think Stephen Thompson presenter is a good move. I like him as a pundit. I think he certainly when he's been on with Michael Stewart, him and um, Thompson have got a great rapport. Um, but I'm not convinced of him as a presenter himself, so I think that might be a, not the best move for the BBC. But I'm glad to see the, the highlights are done on Saturday as well as a Sunday. It's when interesting the, they've not uh, they've not named their pundits. Yeah. This season. The, the, yeah. It's just what, presenters have named. The one difference about. Uh, potentially Stephen Thompson those presenting on a Sunday on the sports scene is at least they will have some kind of maybe script to go or an autocue whereas obviously as Leanne touched on on a Friday night when they were covering the championship they've not got anything to go on they're just ad-libbing everything which yeah. I would I think would be difficult starting off right, trying to present and then I suppose you maybe compare it to down south Gary Lonica started off as a pundit and then crossed over to being a host and he's mm. a brilliant host now I think Gary Lonica mm-hmm. yeah. so it's just maybe kind of take a wee bit of time and they could have got the they could have got maybe other folk in. We've said for ages, get fans in or get folk in the media or maybe or different things like that. Kind of mix up a wee bit. I think it gets boring when you see the same faces all the time. Not if you have an opinion. <laughs> Again, like Michael Stewart. He tended to be a, a, a constant pundit on BBC. He's got a wee blip with him a few, for a few weeks, but 
Uh, I am, I'd be happy to have him back on. Hopefully he is still part of the mix. I would just say they haven't, BBC haven't named who the pundits will be. So, um, fingers crossed he's still involved. You're not doing the Celtic TV next season. Yeah. Uh, is he? I can't, I, this I is a thing I can't remember because I, I know what the likes of Celtic TV picked up a lot of people from BT, but I know Premier Sports did as well because um, they've obviously got both cups this season. Yeah. Um, that's not a, a concern until later on in the season. And actually, who picks up the Scottish Cup when it finishes in 1920. So the, the, the two semi-finals that are scheduled for October and then the final in December. Are Sky picking that up or will that be Premier? Sports? No, it's Premier. Um, Premier have um, had the, the Scottish Cup since season 2018 19. Premier have got 1920 as well? Yeah, they've got it for the next couple of seasons. Um, I think it runs... Oh, sorry, Dad, it was the Betfred Cup. Yeah, yeah it was the Betfred Cup that ended with... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the Betfred Cup that ended with BT Sports last season there and that was already obviously completed. Uh, so aye, that's what picked up the Premier Sports this season and they'll, um, they'll still have that obviously because the group stages are starting uh, was it the second week of October I think just before the, the leagues started? Aye, the 6th October is two days before Scotland play Israel in the playoff Two weeks um, before Aye, because they've scheduled the Betfred Cup in mm-hmm. around the two international breaks Because we're calming all the games on. Mm-hmm. Yeah mm. What happens if people start getting called up? Well, this is what I touched, um, partly touched on in the blog. You know, if um, if Stephen A. Smith and Craig Gordon get called up, I mean, I know they won't have had many games other than um, behind closed door friendly matches um, under their belt. They won't have had any competitive action. So does um, does Steve Clark call them up um, for such a big game? Well, they've played in the, uh, the two Nations League games that we have in September. We don't know, but um, I'd imagine Hearts would just have to replace them because there's not exactly any room for them to say. We need to postpone this game for an international call-off. Um, I, like, I, like I mentioned, um, and thanks to yourself, Chris, for commenting on it, but uh, you know, I'm really worried about the number of games that people are expected to play and how they're cramming everything in. Um, as you touched on the end of uh, last season's blog, which, um, uh, podcast, which was, what, three weeks ago, um, this isn't going to be a normal season, and we're still expected to finish the Scottish Cup from last season, play a full Scottish Cup this season, uh, play a full Betfred Cup, which all 42, team, two, 42 league teams signed up for this season. Um, and then you've got you know, eight international matches at least um, before the end of the year. It's just going to be crazy. And then there's the scheduling of a, a final on the 20th of December. Yeah. Like, that's just madness. When notoriously the weather's likely to be chronic. Yeah. Uh, say for example, it's Aberdeen that's in the final, which I hope obviously it is. The I travel know. at that time of year and all and different things like that, just oh aye. Madness. Yeah. But why couldn't they have got that like at the end at the start of the season? Well, Rangers are involved in the um, Europa League next week. Now I know it's unlikely they're going to overturn a good Leverkusen side away from home three um with the 3-1 deficit but if they somehow turn that around they've then got quarterfinals semifinals and final potential for this month and play the and then they go straight into the qualifying round for next season or this coming season as Europa League um, I just think that again UEFA could have just stepped in and said let's just let everyone catch up with the league, league campaign and then just even postpone the I think they certainly should have just called last season's Europa League and Champions League and just said, let's just not worry about that. Let's just go into the next seasons and, and take it from there. But nah, um, it was never going to happen. Not whilst TV and massive sponsorships are dictating. Yeah. 
I, I do like the way they've managed to cram it all into a kind of mini tournament at this point. I thought it was a good solution to the problem. Um, but I think the fact that they're doing it around about the same time that everybody's starting to qualify for the next tournament, they're already banking and Rangers getting knocked out. I know that's the likely scenario given the 3-1 down from the first, the, the first leg at Ibrox. But if they remarkably do turn that around and have to go to that tournament, um, is it in Spain, the Europa League one? It's in Germany, I think. It's in Germany. Oh, it's right, in Cologne, I think. In, is it the Champions yeah. League? Oh, it's the Champions League one that's getting taken place in. Is that in Portugal? No, that's Portugal, and it's the Women's ah, Champions yeah. League that's in Spain. Ah, right, okay, that's what it is. Yeah. Because um, ah, uh, Glasgow City are still their game to play. Yeah. And right, so so if, if, if Rangers do remarkably turn that around, then they're going to have an issue, because they're playing an act in Germany, and at the same time they're supposed to be doing the qualifying. So got, something's going to have to give. Yeah. At least Rangers know they're starting the season and they'll have a game under their belt by the time they play um, Leverkusen. I know it's not ideal just having one league game. In Glasgow City's case, um, I get a text from Dave Briscoe by Glass, um, who we had in our podcast last season. Um, they've still not got a start date for when they're starting back the Women's League, which is shocking, to be perfectly honest. But they've managed to fit in a couple of friendlies against Man United and Durham City um, before they jet out to Spain for the Champions League. So that's good they've got that, at least, because that's a tall order for them in itself, going to be playing a side like Wolfsburg, who've restarted. But um, as we've said before, the women's game's been treated with contempt by um, higher authorities in my eyes. Yeah. yeah. We've got, obviously... Just ignored the fact we're, we're going to have a guest on as well from the Glasgow City team as well, previewing that game as well. So that will be revealed in the next week or so. Uh, we know who it is, but we'll just kind of build it up in that. Yeah. Um, so we're excited about that, looking forward to it. Um, it's a weird feeling at the moment, though, because usually at the start of the season, everyone's excited about a, a new season starting, new signings, new strips, getting back to games and all that. Whereas we're obviously not getting back to games. New signings, there's no really been that much. It's more been players going out than players coming in. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, are, are you guys excited about the season starting? No. It's <laughs> pretty simple, no. Um, I have tried watching football without fans in other leagues, and I can't do it. Yeah, um, I've tried watching it with a pumped-in crowd, and I can't do that either. I've tried watching pre-season friendlies, it's a bad example because I don't really like watching pre season frameworks the best of times. Um, I'm, my, my last hope now is that once it's actually competitive football back this weekend and I can sit and watch that, that I've actually got a bit of enthusiasm for it. But right now, it still feels a bit empty. The fact that the, the, the know, it's a bit of a joke actually because the, the stadiums will be empty, but it just it doesn't feel right to be coming back when we're not all back. It's just the players, it's just the teams, it's not the fans. And when it comes to the, the that quote of Jock Steens that football without the fans is nothing, it's never proven. It's never rang louder than it has in the last few months. Yeah, I mean, from our point of view, I mean, Aberdeen, you've got an opening game against Rangers, which normally you'd be like, champion a bit, let's get started, let's get going, whereas you're like, uh, they're a bit kind of yeah. indifferent. I don't know if that's the same across the board, but even in social media, I don't think there's been that much excitement when I've seen fans and all that talking about football and stuff like that. It's difficult. I don't think it's that we've been too involved in the, the, the ongoing saga of the ending of last season, which only just finished up uh, yesterday with the 
announcement of the, the tribunal and the arbitration for Hearts and Tussle, which went in favour of SPFL, so uh, no change there. Um, but that has dragged on and on and on. Now, technically, I suppose Hearts and Thistle could go back to the courts. Um, it doesn't sound like they want to do that now. Thistle seem to think it's done. Um, Hearts haven't really said as much, but um, they're kind of just getting on with it now. Hopefully everybody can do that, but there's still statements. And <sighs> Was it Peter Head made one today? I went, oh, it's a shame. Maybe we shouldn't be playing Thistle. Um, and then Thistle were having a dig at people. It's, it's like we need to draw a line under us at some point. There is going to be this bitterness, but dragging it on isn't going to help matters for anybody. Um, the decision has been made. Everybody's thankfully the teams are all still in existence. Nobody's been bust over the summer. Yeah. Um, there is still a couple of months to go until we get to the championship and we go in League Two. Um, and hopefully the, the, the clubs will survive the next couple of months as well. Um, but it, I, I, my hope is that we can now all draw a line under it and all these little statements stop and we can just get on with the action that we want to watch and the football, although we're all in the house watching it and not in the games, we'll actually have something to talk about that's action once again and probably terrible refereeing decisions because that's Scottish football after all. <laughs> I kind of missed a thought about terrible refereeing decisions. That's sad, isn't it? Yeah. You're still hoping that th- there is a ray of hope of fans getting back into grounds. Um, I know Scotland from the national team, the SFA from the national team point of view, want to get, um, you know, a te- have a test event for this um, Israel um, Nations League game at the start of September. Um, I know there was talk that the, the rugby between Glasgow and Edinburgh at Murrayfield was going to take place in front of 500, uh, 500 uh, people. Um, which is obviously more manageable, but things that were, I mean, although numbers are coming down, you know, there's been no deaths as we talked um, for the last uh, nearly two weeks. Um, the number of new cases was down at four today, but the number of new cases went up slightly over the week. And then you had that scenario with St Martin where initially they said that there were posit- seven positive tests and then it came back that actually six of them were not positive. It was like a false, it was like a false positive. So it's, these sort of things worry if you're then going to be talking about getting crowds back in, and it's got to be done right. Um, I mean, I've said this a few times, but it should be done. To me, it should be done at places like, uh, um, you know, Broadwood before it goes to Celtic Park in Ibrox. But um, we'll just need to wait and wait and see what um, how, how they go. But I don't see there being forty thousand at Hamden for this playoff in October, which they're obviously hoping for. Um, but and I still think it will be. Well, very reduced crowds um, at Celtic Park, Ibrox, Pataudry between now and the end of the year, if we get them in. The big concern as well is there's been already mm-hmm. some friendlies cancelled due to delays and tests yeah. coming back. That would just be embarrassing if that happened when those actual league games getting kicked off. Mm-hmm. And hopefully those teething problems are yeah, out. And I think that's a likelihood though. I, th- I think there is that likelihood though, because the, there was there was tests coming back late were cancelling things, but you would think they were going to iron that out by the time we get to the competitive football. But there is still that big risk of things come back positive, and if things come back positive, the game gets scrubbed because they can't risk it anymore. And and if that's going to start happening on a regular basis once we pick up the number of games, then again it comes back to John's blog about how we've cut, we've managed to cram in so many games in such a short space of time. It's just we're not going to fit them all in if we start having to cancel games because tests come back positive. And I think the going back to the point about the, the 
the people in the stadium itself, or the spectators. The what one of the things that I don't know if people have kind of noticed that much is the the places of worship only recently opened up, but they're still got the social distancing in place. And one of the things they've said is you can't go along and sing. Now. Football fans are notorious for singing and shouting and everything. Uh, they're one of the, probably the, the, the loudest of the sports for doing that. If that has to be banned, that could prolong the, the amount of time it takes to get fans back in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Because it, you're, you're doing well to trust a football fan at the best of times. Um, but when it, when, if the man, Can you imagine telling football fans you can go along to the game but you can't sing? Even that would be really weird. Yeah. But it's a possibility given that that's the, the idea of congregational singing can increase the chances of the spread of the virus. Maybe they could have like pre-recorded crowd noises. So like from actual crowds, whereby like before the game and then up to the game, you know it's like you're playing Rangers, so Aberdeen fans can like sing a wee song and then five minutes in they can they can play the, the song that everyone's singing. Vice versa. But it's crazy though. But who knows what's gonna happen. I think October is probably been optimistic in terms of getting crowds in. No, what was it in Celtic and Rangers both played friendlies in France and they were trialling having what about was it five thousand fans in at games, I think. Yeah, so but they weren't yeah, actually separated, they were Celtic all sitting together it looked like something similar for the friendlies they had and that was a weird part of it. I, they weren't set, I was expecting to spread around the stadium, but they weren't. They were all kind of congregating together. But I think they were looking to try and do something similar as a trial um, in the, the friendlies that they played in the last couple of days. Um, and it all kind of fell silent in that line because they never get any go-ahead for it. So there doesn't seem to be any immediate appetite to get anybody back in the stadium. Um, I don't know if the Scotland thing is a go or not in September. Um, it's the football side of things that's making noises. I don't know what the Scottish government's thinking on that, um, whether they'll be allowing anybody or not. And of course, there's still the, the big question mark over whether Israel will be able to travel in the first place, because um, they were one of the countries that were saying, actually, no, you can't go. Um, and unless that changes, then they'll have to forfeit matches, which would be great for a playoff. Um, but I think we'd rather play the game um, than, yeah. than have to admit that we can't play the game because of, just because of this pandemic. Yeah. What do we think then of so new season ahead, the new kits, let's talk about new kits that are out. Thoughts on the new Celtic kit, Chris? Well, I mean, they've switched from New Balance to Adidas. Um, it's been something that people have called for for years now. I think um, even, when we went for, even when we had Nike, it was people were saying we should switch to Adidas because they make such good kits. Scotland's obviously had um, Adidas kits in the last few years as well. Um, I've been a either been a big fan of the Scotland ones or I've thought they're not that great um, because Adidas are one of these teams or one of these pr- uh, suppliers that have a habit of creating a template and then just adding strips to on top of that template um, and they've done that with a few of the Scotland kits now. Um, they don't seem to have done that with Celtic so far um, and the, certainly the, the one that we've seen, the, the new home kit, is... They've done a great job with that, I must admit. Um, I'm not prepared to pay the 60 quid or whatever it is for the the top, um, given that I'm an old man these days and don't see really be wearing football stuff. Not that I'm laughing at you two for wearing your Aberdeen tops, by the way. Is there a wake up being right? about Zoom. We can see each other. Um, but I, they, they have not been officially released yet, but everybody knows what they look like. And um, 
as if I wasn't bad enough for Hearts right now. Um, one of ours looks like they kept me more at Love Street in 86. Um, so that will be bringing back bad memories for them. Um, but I, I think all three kits, from what we've seen, well, that's the first one. Unless he made the Scottish Cup final. Which one? Possibility. Which one? Um, but I, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> which one? <laughs> um, but I, I think that Adidas have got off to a really great start with Celtic. Um, I'm interested to see what they do with the stadium um, because obviously New Balance has been up in the top tier. Um, on the seats for the last few years before that the Nike swoosh was up there um, but before Nike came in we had Umbro who used to have three hoops around the bottom tier and I think that's the most obvious thing you could do is just put the hoops back and you've got the three steps you did with um, but it's now down to two but they should put it back put, put the third back, hoop back a bit easier I don't know um, I would imagine they would have it done ahead of Sunday's game um, which is, is live in sky for the flag on for one I've been following a flag in front of nobody. That's what I know. Um, but I did. The Celtic game's on on Sunday, and obviously Aberdeen Rangers is opening up the league campaign on, on Saturday. So, uh, I I think Adidas have got off to a terrific start with Celtic. Um, delighted with what they're doing so far. Looks a great kit. I'll wait for the the cut down price later in the season. They might consider buying one myself, <laughs> but not at sixty quid. Sorry. Yeah, I think we touched on the Aberdeen ones at the end of last season because they they'd already come out. So I've got the away one because I'm part of the Aberdeen and Nathan. That's nice. Apart from the panels, a wee bit weird in the middle of it. The home top, I'm just not a fan of at all with the, the white and the collar and the white in the sleeves. And I don't think John likes it either. Yeah, the white in the sleeves. It's of... okay. Um, Motherwell will be kit's nice, I think. One of the nicest one, a wee bit different. Have you seen that? I'll be honest, I've not really taken much notice of a lot of football kits. I forgot the Celtic one was out. Um, because obviously Celtic announced their Adidas deal on the day that um, football was curtailed. Um, so I, I completely forgot yep. that they were launching that. Um, but no, I've not really taken a lot of notice. It's just like everything else. Everything's just a bit strange. And then obviously we've had four months of infighting between um, every club in Scotland. Yeah. Um, so it's just been... Just touching back onto the, the, crowd, the crowd thing, I mean, one thing you could say, if, if you made it compulsory for masks to be wear, but people don't want to wear masks in supermarkets, what chance you got to have an out of football? Yeah. Although personally, I think just get on with it it's what, um, if it helps stop spreading things but there's people that make complaints about having to wear a mask get on with it Aye whoever gets folk back into football clicker and controls the whole pandemic but yeah Should we move on to mask, That's the best way to go although there was a BBC article on that the team's masks about which ones were nice and which ones weren't and Whoever did that report um, compared the Rangers one with Speedos. To be fair, they all look like the same material to me, so I don't really see much difference. But I don't know why they picked the Rangers one, oh, a Speedo as opposed to anybody else's. Um, I, got, I mean, just before we move on, the, the Motherwell one was one that jumped out at me as well, because I, I mean, the, the blue steel, I'm assuming it's steel given to the steel men, um, Motherwell have done that a few years ago, and I thought it looked really nice, and again, I think. The, the, the away kit model we've got this year looks pretty good for them. Um, Zoolander model, isn't it? Ah, uh, you should have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, uh, uh, the, the, other, the other teams in the league, uh, Rangers are obviously moved over to that. Is it Castore or whatever yeah. you say their name? Um, That's kind of custom uh, provider. Uh, that's, a, that's a decent home kit for them with the, the kind of red and white collar. 
Um, they have pandered to the lowest common denominator, with the orange kit, from what I'm hearing. Um, Hibs have gone out all out with a thank you NHS sponsor, if you can call it a sponsor. Mm. Um, Record sales for the home top as well. Uh, anyway, nice move there. Mm-hmm. And then Brownings are on the killer jersey. Um, if they're back, they're friends again. Yeah. Good. Does that mean you got a proper Kelly Pie to come on? Well, do I? Because folk, folk were still trying to say that the Kelly Pie was the best, but it wasn't because it, they no longer were selling the buildings pies. It was just whatever pie, I don't know. So, yes, that's a good thing for them. But the actual season itself, signings, and I touched on it a wee bit earlier, there's not been that many. Uh, if you go through the teams, I mean, Aberdeen got a new signing that. Ah, it's good because it, but it's an old player that played for us and maybe a wee bit of division, division in terms of whether it's a good thing or not. Players going back to clubs they've been at before, would you think? Johnny Hayes returning. As I've mentioned before, I can actually see him um, coming in as a left back because he's, he's played there for Celtic a couple of times. He's played there for us a lot. We've lost Greg Lee. He's one of the four players that we've lost. Um, he and John Gallagher were lone players anyway. Frank Ross wasn't getting much of a game and he was Danny Rogers who's going to come on it today. Um, but yeah, I think I'm, I, I think if he's going to be left back, I think that might actually work out because he, he doesn't have the speed that he had back three years ago when he was lightning. Um, you know, before that got him he's moved to Celtic, I don't think he's got them or he's lost had a leg break in between them. But I think he'll be a solid, I think he'll be a solid squad player to have. And we've got a load of wingers anyway. Um so I can actually see him being a left back. But I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be overly surprised if he's the only signing. But looking at what we've let go of, um it's not a massive concern. I think we'll only bring someone else in if um you know, someone like Scott McKenna um gets sold um so I think we could do it in our second half because Michael Devlin's out again. Interestingly, Hoban um, played as a trialist against Hibs at the yeah. weekend. Um, he looks a good player. The problem is keeping him fit. He's only play, He only played eight against Aberdeen when he'd done his knee, unfortunately. Um, yeah. And he'd been injury prone before that. So that's my only worry. I've seen people talking about like if McKenna was to leave or Hoban would, would be a good replacement. And I Hoban would be a good replacement if you knew he could stay fit, which you can't guarantee with any player. Yeah. But unfortunately, I mean, in four seasons, I think he's played 25 games, which you'd be concerned. And we're not, Aberdeen are not at the stage just now whereby you can sign someone as like effectively a bonus player that someone that might be available for part of the season, especially if it's a replacement for someone like McKenna who's been a first team regular for two and a half seasons. Yeah. I think you'd actually end up having to sign two centre backs to replace McKenna because if you brought Holbert in you would need someone that you could rely on that would been fit. Um yeah. But yeah, as you touched on, we're certainly lucky enough that we've kept basically the squad together that we had from last season, which not many clubs have managed to do. Yeah. I mean, you see how Kennedy gets on because he was starting to come into a game and Aberdeen, I think, were actually starting to play a bit better and got a couple of decent results before um, the shutdown. We'd beaten Coman in the Cup. Um, we'd beaten Simon in the Cup. We beat Hibs in the league pretty well. Um, so things were starting to look a bit better and then obviously shutdown happens um, after what had been nearly a full season of appalling football. I just hope we don't go back to that, but we'll wait and see. Yeah, from what I hear at the weekend, I think... Cosgrove and Maine are both out injured so that would mean you would assume that Anderson's going to start yeah, he's been scoring goals in pre-season which is good but yeah, he has um, might give us a bit different style of play as well um, Bryson scored at the weekend as well against Dibs which is yeah, good yeah. if we'd get a fit Bryson which we hope we would get last season then that would be terrific 
Um, though in midfield we've got we've certainly better options in Murder Park than anywhere else because you've got you've got five players there that you'd be feel comfortable with playing. Yeah. So good competition for places there. But I think we still whether Cosgrove goes or not, I think you would still maybe look to try and get in another striker. Yeah, I agree with that. But uh, it'll be interesting to see whether we continue with McGinn playing as a more of a kind of number ten off a striker, which worked quite well as well when we brought in Kennedy. So, yeah. although I've done decent business, I think they've obviously lost a good few players. Um, but um, they also signed Tony Watt in a permanent contract. Um, Ricky Lamy's a good sign at the back. Um, Jordan White, he'll be a handful um, in top flight, I think. Scott Fox a decent keeper. I think um, they've obviously got Marco Haran. Jake Hasty and Loon's a good signing, I think. Yes, yeah. Um, I don't think he's relieved Mother in the first place, but um, he's obviously saw the money and saw the opportunity. You can't really blame him in that respect. Um, I thought he was actually doing okay at Rotherham, and then he lost his place and just didn't get his, um, he lost his way completely. So it's a big big season for him if he's going to kick on. Yeah, Trevor Carson will be back as well because he missed a lot last season. Right. And yeah. then obviously Turnbull, if they manage to keep a hold of him and he can recapture mm-hmm. The form from when he broke through, then pff, no cliche and all that, but it's like a new signing. Yeah, because he, I think he, he came off the bench like a couple of games towards the end of last season. So yeah, Motherwell, I think will be up there near the top of the league again. Uh, Celtic, Chris, they've signed El Nusi again on loan, haven't they? Talking maybe another couple coming in uh, in the next yes. couple of days. Goalkeeper this week. Well, a Jetty as well, is it? Aye, the the Barkas guy from AEK Hassan seems to be uh, up and and then I've been to get Foster back, but it doesn't show that's happening. Um, well, still, still not certain that he's not coming back. But if I sign this on the AEK Hassan, that probably kills off that idea. Uh, but we did get Elliot Russo back. It's funny because most of the, the the kind of dealings that we're looking at currently, um, it's it's not been. It's not been anybody we've signed in the summer. It's been the guys we signed in January that never really got a chance because the season got curtailed. So, like, uh, Clamalla's looked pretty good um, in a couple of games that he was playing uh, in pre-season. Um, Sorrow's been another one we've looked at. O'Connell played at the um, one of the games yesterday or Sunday. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been guys that came in in January but we never really saw that have been the ones we've been keeping an eye out for. But, yeah, we, we need to sort out the goalkeeper situation. Um, so if Barkas is the man, then that'd be great. Um, he seems to be a pretty decent keeper. Nobody's going to be Fraser Foster, unfortunately. But um, you never know. And Jane Griffiths will be back into fitness now after getting a, a Nortelling off of um, Lennon. Um, uh, he didn't go to France, um, which was a bit of a kicking for him. Um, but he seems to have taken it the right way. He's knuckled down again, got the the weight off or whatever it was just a problem um, and he, he was back in the team we scored well we don't know if he scored against Hibs or not in the friendly because uh, they reckon Clamalla nicked it off him on the line um, but aye uh, he was back in the team so he, he seemed pretty sharp anybody that watched that game so uh, aye I'll be interested to see what we've got up front um, Edward's been a bit so-so so um, maybe it's, it's hard to tell in pre-season because it's all about Blown off the cobwebs, really. So as long as we're ready to go for the the game on Sunday, that's what really counts. So that's when we'll see it. But aye, everybody seems to be pretty much ready to go now. So is there not talking this boy a Jetty coming in from West Ham as well on loan? 
Aye, he's the other one we've been sniffed about myself. We got him. We've already got Kamala. We've got Griffiths. We've got Edward. Not like us to have four strikers. So I don't know if they're maybe preparing or preparing for somebody moving on. Yeah, maybe. I'm sure we can guess who that might be. What's that? Maybe continue the two up front, which worked well towards the end of last season. That's yeah, well, that's possible. I mean, if you're going to play with two up front, then ideally you want four um, to be able to do that. But uh, we certainly when um, we played with Griffiths and Cornell up front yesterday, so um, aye, could be. And what you say, it worked pretty well after the the winter break last season. So. Yeah. Aye. I saw you about a Celtic pre-season and certainly thought Kalala looked good in the games in France. So He's obviously well, paid a bit of money for him as well. It's just it's been hard to get up for any pre-season game. Than we want to and they were in Premier Sports, so turn them on there. The other side of the city at Rangers, they've made yeah. seven or eight signings, but maybe a couple are more so from the kind of youth team. But Hadji, obviously, they've signed permanently, which Hadji looks a good player. Uh-huh. Be interesting to see where they continue playing him wider, whether he, he plays as maybe more of a number 10, because he looks ideally suiting for a number 10. He's two footed. So, be the ideal one there. Well, by all accounts, he wants to go, but it's whether they can sell him for what price they're looking for and then get the correct replacements in as well, because the falls out, I think, till October. So they need, they need to make sure they get someone that can come in and start straight away. Otherwise, or maybe they're lying on, I don't know, Greg Stewart playing through the middle for them at the start of the season, which they wouldn't want. Yeah, it's, it sounded like they wanted to sign somebody anyway. Um, they've not said who they want to sign, but certainly the the rumours that were doing the rounds was, um, let's just face it, Livingston. Oh, Lyndon Dykes. Lyndon Dykes has been linked. I think Cosmo has been linked. Uh, Guy Tonev, that I think Celtic were linked with as well from, I think it's Peterborough. Peterborough. Supposed to be a good striker. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, there's been supposedly a bid from Scotland for Tony, but um, no one's saying who it was. Oh, I, Tony, not Tonev. (laughs) Of course not. That was a young player. That was a different guy. Yeah, that was a different guy. We don't talk about him. No. Um... I don't think there's anyone that Rangers have signed at the moment that's going to go straight into their first team. Apart from Hadji, because no, other than Hadji wasn't as a same player. Um, the rest look like squad players. However, they've signed a young stuff from down south, Calvin Barty, and maybe he'll make the same kind of impact as what Frimpo did at Celtic, because I think he's a fullback as well. He seems to be. Balogun. What's that? Is that Balogun? Barty. No, oh, uh, Barty oh, that signed. Yeah. Um, and obviously there's still been talk of whether Tavernier's the right man going forward at right back so maybe that young guy can come in and stake his claim They've got Greg Doherty back um, he was impressing at Hibs but whether he'll push into the first team I don't know I think he could do with going back out to be perfectly honest um, He did well at Hibs I thought I think Hibs would yeah, be if Hibs well. can afford to sign him or I think would imagine he would still be interested in getting him I think he was it was ideal for them, and he was scoring goals and looking like he pl- the player he was at Hamilton. So it's no use to him at the age he is as well. Being a, I don't even think a bit part player at Rangers. Um, so yeah, Jack, Jack Ross made um, the point because uh, people were criticising Hibs for making three signings whilst they were um, making 
cuts in the wages, but Ross made the point that seven players have actually left Hibs um, at the same time. Now, a couple of them were, you know, Greg Dockett's gone back to his club, Jason Eastman's gone back to his club, McNally's gone back to his club, but um, no, it just makes the point. And also, it doesn't look as though Canberra's going to be back in the Hibs team. I think he cut his losses with that dream move to Rangers. Carry on. He definitely has. But the signings Hibs have made, I think, are good, solid signings. Mm-hmm. Godric just yeah. one that impressed at Hamilton. They can play centre back or defensive yeah. midfield. Play over twenty goals at Fairmont last season. Um, a few clubs were in for him. Funnily enough, I think Hearts were after him, and um, he, he wasn't for for going there. I think Hibs first showed interest in January when Nesbit. Um, mm. I suppose at that point Nesbit said he'd made up his mind and injury right at St Johnston. Looked like there's maybe a potential, kind of good player. I think he maybe be more of a kind of squad player because they've got Boyle and Horgan. Um, out wide, but it's good to have extra options. And have they have Hibs really lost anyone apart from maybe I suppose Nesmith and Doherty that they would really wanted to keep? I don't think they have. There's other clubs that have, like you look at Kilmarnock for example. Kilmarnock are going to start the season without four of probably the regular back five from last season. No one's going to be left is Finlay because Brunescu is away back to Juventus, Diablo's away. Uh, but I but was Broadfoot playing regularly to was the end of last season when he went back from St Mirren. I think he um, did. Um, back to QPR. Yeah, O'Donnell's obviously left. Still not got a club. That's a strange one. With that. In these times, I, I don't understand that one. I mean, I get he's probably wanting to move um, for his career, but he'd be better off staying at Kilmarnock at least another season and, and see because it's not... <clears throat> You know, it's not certain times just now. And I don't think O'Donnell was as good last season as he has been in previous seasons. Um, but it's his choice. He's obviously made that. So he needs to do something. They've made a, I think they've got um, five signs there. I think Aaron McGinn coming in from Hamilton is a good signing. I think he was quite a decent fullback. Um, but I'm not sure. If, I, I think Kilmarnock's going to struggle next season. I yeah, don't know I if they'll get relegated, but I, think I don't think they'll be top six. Yeah, I think they'll struggle as well. I think the one player that they brought in that's supposedly supposed to be quite decent is Hamstrop from Portsmouth. What's that? Danny Rogers, yeah. Um, uh, he's Danny Rogers today. <laughs> I don't know, that might be a good move because he's. Anytime I've seen Rogers, he's looked a decent keeper. Um, whether he can do a job in the, the top flight in Scotland, I don't know. But it's interesting to see. I, I um, think that's. But I, I think, think it's. It's probably a good move for Rogers. It's definitely a good move for Rogers to get a better opportunity first team football, but um I'm not sure if he has top top flight quality. I mean he was decent at Falkirk a few seasons ago when Falkirk um lost out in the playoff to ironically come on up. Um but he went I remember he went to St Murn and he wasn't getting games and then when Craig Sampson left to become a coach at Sunderland, he still couldn't get a game. This is before they brought it back again. Um so I'm not entirely convinced by him but um, it's up to him to go prove people wrong and prove he is worthy of the number one jersey at Kilmarnock I don't think they've got another senior keeper so you would think he's going to get a bit of time to prove himself yeah because Jimmy McDonald obviously has left as well so maybe that's he went to it was a championship team he went to wasn't it Fairman, I want to say I might be wrong but that do you need to go back and I can't bother just um, <laughs> I think it might be on the PLZ soccer list it just says who's went out it just doesn't say where they've went to <laughs> um, 
Or maybe he's not even got a club. He's a very nice over. Ah, yeah. Nice. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> uh, with that, but... It was a good acquisition. So, Marin picking up uh, Marcus Fraser. I couldn't believe yeah. that uh, Ross County let him go. They've also got uh, Richard Tate from Motherwell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good signing uh, as well, I think, potentially. Um, Joe is a decent signing, I think. Yeah, Grant Campbell like, thinks they're going down. The, so... They signed Alan Mick as well from Rangers. Is he would, he, would, he would probably be number one, won't he? Because obviously Hard uh Hard goes away. Yeah, I so, think Alan is getting in as number one keeper, but the one yeah, thing Grant, you, one thing you would say is all the players that they've signed are likely to be first team regulars. The ones they've actually signed, they've got a few loan players in as well, but that's gonna help them out and they were looking a bit better defensively, I thought, last season anyway. St. Mirren. Yeah. They were certainly decent at home and Yeah, I think Jim Goodwin's gonna get I've noticed. Is what, sir, Chris, you've cut off again there? Uh, I, was, I think with Jim Goodwin in there now, with a, a proper extended pre-season in there, um, I think that they will, you, you'll start to see a lot better at St Mirren. Um, I don't know if they're going to achieve what Tony Fitzpatrick has pressured them into doing uh, and making the top six, but I certainly think they will be um, avoiding the bottom. I don't I don't see them going down. No. I think they'll be 7th or 8th along with... Um, I was going to say St. Johnson. I think they've still got a, a steady enough squad, um, but they've, they've only brought mm. in two. Do we think I, I fear for St. Johnson this season. See, I'm not sure because I think they'll get a bit of... Davidson knows the club well. He's already said he's not really going to change things. And then see if you look at maybe the likes are up front, up top... Callum Hendry was coming on to a really good game, I think, towards the end of last season. Stephen May, I think, was looking back to something like his old self, getting goals. Have they lost anyone really or no, apart from their manager? Have they lost anyone really that you would say is going to be a big miss? Well, Dre Wright, possibly. Um, but I, other than that... I, I reckon mean, the manager's a big loss, though. He is, definitely. Yeah. I, I, I know Callum Davidson says he's coming in and not changing anything, but him being there and not Tommy Wright is changing something. He can copy that style all he wants. I think he might be better off trying to put his own style on it. If he's just going to try and keep things as it was ticking over, that almost wasn't working for Tommy Wright anymore. Um, he did rally them towards the end of the, the, the last campaign because um, early on in that campaign they were looking for favourites for relegation. Um, we talked about it for long enough but in the end they did, they, they did rally. But I don't know if I don't know if Callum Davidson would be capable of doing that with them. And that's why I think I fear for them, because you say they haven't they haven't really changed much from last season. And last season, yeah, they rallied, but started off badly. And I think it's the manager more than anything else that did a lot of that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're near the bottom this season. Um I think what might save them is the likes of Ross County, because they just they're obviously not doing the, the joint manager thing anymore. Um because one of them stepped up and one of them's left in charge. Um, but they have been kind of losing players more than they've picking anything up. So I think they're probably my two favourites for the bottom two spots. I'm not entirely sure what order. Probably Ross County straight down and St. John's in the playoff. Um, I'm not tapping Hamilton for anything. I'm saying this now. I'm not tapping Hamilton for anything. Um, because every year we tap them for the allegation or the playoffs or whatever, and they avoid it every year. So, no, I'm not even getting them. For me, it's, for me, it's Ross County and St. Johnson. The bottom two. 
Yeah, the other team as well that was tipped last season to struggle and they ended up doing really well was Livingston. And again, Livingston have lost a few players that you would say they're going to be big misses, like Sir Lawless. Obviously, Lamy is going to Motherwell. And Chrissy Erskine, I would say, be a miss of some sorts as well. Have they brought in anyone you think that will strengthen them? They've re-signed McCrory on loan, um, which I think is a good sign. He's a really yeah. good goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, they've brought in Alan Forrest from Ayr. Um, whether he's going to step up to the um, top flight, who knows. But I don't know much about the other ones that they've brought in. Um, but I'm not tipping them for bottom, th- bottom two. Um, I think Gary Holt's a really good manager and he knows how to motivate mm-hmm. a team. Yeah. So yeah. I he's think done it twice too, so I'm not. I think he's more than proven his worth. Um, and I think they'll be up there again. Whether they'll be top six or the challenger for Europe this season, I don't know, but I, I don't see them being in relegation danger. The big thing will be keeping Dykes. Unless they lose a manager. I would think. But even then, I think they would I do think that would right. help. Yeah. <laughs> um, that. They brought in a guy that was playing junior football two seasons ago from Queen's Park. He's supposed to be pretty good. So, he scored in pre-season. Could have either. So, see what happens with him. Um, the team that came up, Dundee United. Shank the big question mark for Dundee United. Eh? Will he continue what he did in the Championship the last three seasons? It's about time he stepped up to the top flight. Um, I'll be interested to see what he can do in it. Uh, I think, having lost um, Nielsen to Hearts, for reasons only known only to Nielsen to be honest um, that's a blow um, I think the uncertainty around whether Dunn United were going to be the top flight or not they probably would have been preparing for it but I don't think it's that will have helped either uh, that might affect them a little bit but I think Dunn United were running away with the championship last season um, so they should be able to make the step up to the top flight Um whether they'll be back to the kind of old Dundee United of old, which you remember from a few seasons ago, um, I'd be surprised. But I think they, they, they should certainly be focusing on consolidating this season. Um, I think they've they've, they've, they've signed a, a decent manager um, in Mellon. Mm-hmm. Not too much known about him up here. But um, I, I think that's a... It's probably I should have moved that. Um, he's just brought in a loan deal for Bolton for Man City, um, a winger. So, um, again, don't know much about that, but Man City have about a thousand players. So, yeah, they can afford to go loan people with. I think, I think United will be... But I think that, there's there's question marks over the United. Aye. I think it's hard. Yeah, that kind of position, it's a good season for them. Yeah, they're just some money back from Hearts from the, the court fees. Um, so that's... Is it 8 million? I <laughs> <laughs> should be. Yeah, for that. I suppose it's hard, it's hard to tell as well just now because you would imagine there's still going to be a fair amount of transfer business before maybe season starts, but see what happens. Well, they've got to they've got to the 5th of October. Yeah, I think it's like two so, months or something. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think we'll fully know how everyone's squad is going to look until then and then obviously they've obviously signed up to five subs this season that'll be interesting to see how that goes on um, I wonder if uh, I, th- I wonder if it'll still be the mercy rule as you call it Chris if um, Celtic are 5-0 up on someone and so, <laughs> 10 subs have been used if it'll still be one minute injury time <laughs> well they, can, they, they shouldn't make any difference because they're only allowed to do it in three substitution periods yeah. 
you can't make five jobs at five different times. It needs to be within three different times. So you should be able to have the, the same amount of injury thing. But I, the, the mercy well, wouldn't surprise me. But I think that that kind of plays into the hands of the teams with the bigger squads because they can bring on five separate jobs to, to change it. Because can you imagine like the the difference that can make to Celtic and Rangers with their size of squads compared to like Hamilton? I mean, if Hamilton got five decent players they could bring off the bench to make such a difference for. Celtic's bench that we get in most teams in the, the top flight as it is so I think that's that's probably a change that helps the the richer teams than anything oh yeah I look forward to us playing Celtic and then bringing on the triple substitution of Rodrich, Christie and Griffiths Oh, that's not unlikely. Yeah. yeah. Stop saying the R word. I know, I know, but something like that. that's the bleak button. We need a Rogic button. Uh, but yeah. But Chris, you said about um you can't either split the bottom two, but this is a tradition that in the first episode of the podcast we have predictions for the season ahead. Now for other folk we've asked, we're maybe only asking them for certain things like who's gonna win who's going to finish top four, who's going to finish 11th, who's going to finish bottom. So, Grant, friend of the podcast from Camel's Footballs, he has gone against the grain, what we're all saying. He has got St Mirren has been relegated because he thinks he'll struggle for goals. He, he sent us a lovely video as well, so he gave us a proper good prediction. Um, no surprise, I think most people have gone for Celtic as league winner, so he's going for Celtic to win the league. And he said probably by about 69 points, but wouldn't be surprised if it went into double figures. Um, rest of the, he's going for a battle in U- European places between Hibs and Motherwell and Aberdeen. He thinks Dundee United will finish top six. And the big one that he said, which was he likes predictions, is that the top, the person in the golden boot, top goal scorer, will be a striker outside the top two. And he's going by the top two from last season. So I don't know who he's thinking of, whether he's thinking Shanklin, because I think we spoke to him on a occasion, was it last week, John? Yeah. It? And he was predicting Shanklin to have a pretty good season. So I'm guessing it's maybe him he's thinking of, or I can't really think who else it would maybe be with that. Um, Greg, friend, Greg, who used to be on the podcast, he is predicting Motherwell to win the league. He's also predicting Motherwell to be second, I think, as well, and third down. So he, he's going for Motherwell, a bit like when we used to do the predictions in the podcast, and I used to never back Aberdeen to lose. Though, to be fair, I don't think I ever predicted Aberdeen would win the league. Um, with that, but yeah, he's going for them for that season. And then I did ask him if it's going to be Champions League the following season. He says it depends whether Motherwell win the Europa League this season, which is fair enough. I mean, that's that's fair enough. So... It's good from Greg. And we're a Dundee United fan. Come on, he'd just be happy if they stay up. Um, he was saying, yeah, I want to just stay up. He'll be happy enough for that. Um, I've got a friend that's a Rangers oh, fan. He obviously thinks Rangers are going to win the league, but that's going to put off the course. I think, I, I, interesting. I think Greg also tipped Hamilton to get relegated, which obviously the Lanarks are rivals. Yeah. Um, Cal McFadden, um, well, he's got Celtic champions. Europe, Rangers, Hibs and Aberdeen. And he's also going for St. Martin to get relegated, which really surprises me. You see these um, rival again, podcasters, they, trying to be fair. These rival podcasters don't know anything about football. <laughs> let's face it. So, uh, I, the other one I had, one of my mates, um, Aberdeen fan, he's fairly low neutral. He has gone for Celtics in the league. He went for Rangers, Aberdeen and Motherwell. 
Um, he's your top four. He thinks Aki's might end up in the bottom spot and maybe Ross County in the playoff spot. Um, and he's hoping, yeah, we've got three chances to win some kind of cup, so sure we can get a cup from one of them, um, which would be nice. Uh, but the big thing will depend on whether we can replace Cosgrove and potentially McKenna if they go. So, see what happens there. With that, so, what about each other? What are you going for, John, in terms of... Are you bold enough to do a 1-12? to 12? I've got a 1-12 to 12 written down. Do you know what I did, though? So, on um, the BBC website, but I, for, I forgot what order I put them in. So, so uh, I start and Cel- give you a bit of time. <laughs> no, I'll go Celtic. Um, Celtic win the league. Rangers runners-up. Um, I think the other two European spots will be will be two from Hibs, Aberdeen and Mullow. And I think... I'm going to be bold and say that we'll finish third this season. I'm not entirely yep. convinced at that, but that's what I'm going to go with. Um... And I think I think Hibs will finish just above Motherwell um, this season. My last top six spot I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Dundee United, um, and I'm going to have St Mirren in seventh, Livingston eighth, St Johnston ninth, um, and my bottom three. I'm going to have Kilmarnock in tenth. I'm going to go Hamilton 11th and I'm thinking Ross County is going to get in this season. They were conceding far too many goals and from what I can see in terms of what they've brought in, I'm not sure they've rectified that, but we'll wait okay. and see. Cool. Chris, what are you going for? Uh, well, I think it's going to be a clean sweep with the Celtic to win the title. I'm not going to go against Celtic now. Um I, I think it'll be tight. I think I do think it's going to go right to the wire this year. Um, for this season. Uh, but I, I would go Celtic top and second. I've been flip flopping on uh, the sort of third, fourth, and fifth places all day. Um, and exactly as John was saying there, I think it's between Aberdeen, Hibs, and Motherwell. Um, I fancy Jack Ross to do well this season. I think um, I'm just going to see you fancy Jack Ross there. I've had third. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, and probably Aberdeen fourth, Mullable fifth. Um, rounding out the top six is difficult as well because it could be anyone between what, Livingston or Kilmarnock, uh, I think. Maybe one of the two. I'll go with Livingston because I take on the point that you said earlier about Kilmarnock not um, maybe having the, the same squad that they had last season. So if we take Kilmarnock seventh, um, what is that we've we'll go Dundee United eighth. Yeah. Um, let's say St Mirren ninth, Hamilton tenth, St Johnston eleventh, and Ross County twelfth. Hey, okay. Right, I've got a note of them so we can come back to them. So my top, my league is Celtic top as well. Like it, and we did the we did the poll on the, the old Twitter, and I think it was seventy three percent of folk said that Celtic go in the league. Um, Rangers, I think, are very second. Again, the battle for third and fourth. I'm going for Aberdeen, Hibs, and Motherwell to be to be in the mix. I think Aberdeen will finish third. Hibs will finish fourth. Motherwell will finish fifth. Um, 
to round off the top six, I've gone for Lovey because I again I think Gary Hall just managed to work wonders again with them. Um, I've gone for St Johnston in seventh, Kilmarnock in eighth, Dundee United in ninth, St Johnston tenth, and then I've gone Hamilton and then Ross County. So we've all predicted Ross County to go down. Never learn. Picking Hamilton to do anything at that relegation zone, you just never learn. They, well, they have finished in the playoffs, what we thought, to be fair. They, yeah. they have done that. And they were in yeah. the playoffs, what, last so, season before it got curtailed? So none of us have picked them to go down automatically. <laughs> um, with that. No, we're not that. Um, I think the wind's probably off. What about the cup competitions? <laughs> probably. If they end up that spot, I. What about I think it's too early to call the cup competitions. Aye, but no. See, at the start, we always present them at the start of season anyway, so you're not getting out of that. Well, yeah. We're not doing the, the war leagues till later on. So. I know, but that's different. Right. Oh, right, I'll go with the... Um, so, see, before we do the cup prediction competition, just whilst I remember in my head, um, pass on our condolences to um, David Hagen's family. Um, he sadly passed away in motor neuron disease. Um, didn't get as much coverage as Fernando Exxon because he's not as high profile but he kept himself out the um, spotlight but it doesn't mean it's any less so um, yeah sorry to bring that up Aye sad news terrible news Yeah Aye um, I mean David Hagen he played for uh, he's mentioned he's playing for Rangers and playing for Hearts but I remember Hagen um, Falkirk because I think in the kind of years when I lived out that way and I would go to the occasional Falkirk game I'm sure he played in the games I was at so um, well, aye, that, was, that, was, that was terrible news when they heard about that. So, yeah. Well, this, uh, to his family and friends. Yeah. Well, the sad thing is that um, he he set up uh, the goal that Paul McGrillan scored against you, um, you in the '97 Scottish Cup semi final, and both of them are no longer with us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> that goal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's probably for one of the more memorable moments. So, yeah, condolences yeah. to his family. Um, yeah. Speaking of the. Scottish Cup, Aberdeen have both have two ch- um, two bites of the cherry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, to end the 30-year curse, or 31 as it'll be next season. Um, well, you can still end the 30-year curse, because you're still in the semi-final in 1920. Uh, yeah. Um, but that count, like, in the record books, it'll still be in the finish in 2020. Aye, but the game's going to get postponed anyway, isn't it, when it's in the 20th, because of... No one can get to the game because of all the Christmas shoppers. Yeah, Hamden's ha- hard to get to the best of times. Um, yeah, no matter because usually no benefit the final what we sell to for. So the winners of last season's Scottish Cup will probably be Celtic um, getting their quadruple treble. Um, oh, they'll probably try and they... claim that as a quadruple for this season as well. Um. I think Rangers will win the Betfred Cup. I think they'll get the first trophy under Stephen Gerrard. And I'm going to put my my heart over my head for the the, the Scottish Cup and Aberdeen when they win. <laughs> How long have we been saying that, John? That it'll be Aberdeen. I will. I yeah. To be fair, uh, Chris, who are you who are you going for? Hello, the Scottish Cup. I think. The focus for Celtic this year, although we've won 11 of the last 11 trophies um, and hopefully we'll win a 12th, I think the focus is going to be more on getting the, the 10 in a row. Yeah. 
Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we start losing cuts this season. Um, with that in mind, I am actually going to agree with what John just said. I think Rangers and Aberdeen for the Ulster Trophy. Okay. Uh, Scottish Cup, yeah, again, a bit like you, John. I'm probably going to go for the, the heart overhead and that Aberdeen will win the Scottish Cup and the League Cup as well. They'll be boring and say that Rangers win it as well. I think someone like Hibs or something like that could win it. Um, one thing I would say is it'll be interesting if Rangers are not doing another trophy that season. What would happen with Gerard? Would he continue or would he be a partner? I think ways? Gerard's lucky it's still been a job. I think Covid saved him. I think so. Yeah, I, th- I think Rangers were heading <coughs> for a, a bit of a collapse um, towards the end of last season. They were already at the Scottish Cup, obviously, because um, we're in the last four. Uh, so they knew they were going to finish without trophies for a second consecutive season under Gerard, which is practically unheard of. Um, and I, I think the league campaign was falling a bit. Um, I think if that season had finished, there would be a lot more questions around Gerard now um, than there has been. Yeah. I think Europe will have bought more time. probably done him a favour. I think, I, I, the European campaign certainly bought more, more time because they did really well in Europe for two seasons running. Um, I, th- I think they have regrouped since then. They look a lot better in pre-season than um, they did the end of last season um, before it was curtailed. So uh, it'll be interesting. Again, it's, this, there's only so much you can tell from pre-season, but they look like they're a decent with it. Um, they were certainly taking pre-season more seriously than most teams were, um, and, and they won that Viola Cup or whatever it was called. Um, but aye, I think I think they've regrouped. I think they'll be they'll, they'll come out all guns blazing. They'll be desperate to stop ten in a row. Um, I remember that myself from ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Um, whether they'll do it or not, we have just predicted they won't. Um, but I, I did say it'll be very tight up there, and I'd, I'd be surprised if it's not. Um, I think they will handle the pressure, but they may not be able to achieve their goal. Um, but I'd be surprised if they finish with a trophy this season. I'm going to go for Motherwell for the League Cup. Would that be enough? Motherwell could be. If, if Rangers don't stop 10 in a row, but do win a trophy, would that be enough to, for Gerard uh, to keep his job? I suppose it would, depend, it would depend on what the gap was, maybe like in the league and whether they can see some kind of progression again. Um, the thing that's probably come out what the last couple of weeks or so is that he's obviously still been he's been very vocal that Rangers need to strengthen further, which I don't think anyone would disagree with. But will he get the chance to strengthen them to the extent maybe he wants to? Well, I think if, if Morelos goes, they get decent money for him. I think that's the budget. Would they spend? I don't all, know whether they'll be able to strengthen without that. Would they spend all the Morelos money? Who knows? Uh, uh, knowing the madness of Rangers, probably. <laughs> they don't really no. care too much about money. They're more intent on stopping Celtic. Normally, we slag off a Rangers um, statement, but I think they got one absolutely spot in last week when they had a, a dig at the people who um, criticised the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I, I don't see what the what the issue was from some of these supporters and we must stress it as in the minority. Um although it's a it's a vocal minority that you see in Twitter. Um I think it's it was disgraceful some of the comments that were on that and fair play to Rangers were coming out and hammering them right away. 
Yeah, especially as well, Connor Goldson was getting I a bit of a stick as well. statement was it was short and concise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the, I mean, it's going to happen again this weekend with the, the, all the teams taking a knee for uh, in conjunction with show races and the red card in Scotland, but it's obviously the, the Black Lives Matter uh, movement. That's that's pretty global. Um, I think I think the problem that many of them have is there are people who attach themselves to Black Lives Matter that they do not agree with. Um, whereas the fundamental statement of Black Lives Matter is something that no reasonable person can disagree with. Um, it's all the other stuff that can go along with it that they tend to have a problem with. Um, but pick your battles. Um, but again, like I say, it will be happening again this weekend, and hopefully uh, everybody is going to be respecting that. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I was wondering whether we should bring back predictions in the Premiership in terms of scores, which we used to do. Or no, I don't care. Nobody cares what I think what the score will be. Even I don't care what I think the score will be. Uh, but, oh, one thing we should mention is we've got a fantasy football league set up for the Scottish League ahead, yeah. which we're looking forward to. Uh, yes. So, fantasy yeah. football. So the, 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 the SPFL have their own, um, but we've gone with the, the Fantasy Football Scotland with the ingenious acronym of FFS, which is, of course, Scottish Football Forum's backwards. Exactly. Should have made that league public because I've noticed that we've only got 21 people in it, whereas. Um, Callum's pod, um, podcast has got quite a few and his is a public league um, but, um, you can just join I mean it's no hard with the codes we, give, we will give you the code to get in um, oh, right. which maybe we a bit easier because our code's like quite random um, well it is a random thing Yeah, they, they give you it <laughs> it's not as if we can just say 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 Aye, but his is like football CFB or something like that I think Oh, I think a public link Aye, maybe that's why he gets to choose his code. Our mm-hmm. code, if you want to join and you don't, you're not on the old Twitter, is JM, so J for Juliet, M for Mike, they're both small letters, N for November, capital, R for Romeo, capital, T for Tango, capital. That is our code. Did that make right. sense to you both? Right, you, we'll you've made me feel like I'm back we'll at work and I've been off for five weeks. Thanks, John. <laughs> What's that, guys? We'll stick it in the podcast blurb. That'll make sure yes. everybody gets it. Yes. And we'll put it in Twitter. You never, we might even try and come up with some kind of prize. We'll see what happens. Uh, aye. Because points and prizes and all that, they go well together. I'm not saying what kind of prize. I mean, it could be an absolutely dreadful prize. But we'll try and come up with some kind of prize. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to it. Because there's not been a... a well. I never did. I joined the one from last season that never worked out. And good thing is they've come back, they've bounced back, yeah. and they're hoping to have it uh, to go in. It looks really good um, so far. Mm-hmm. But there's not been a decent Scottish fantasy football league for uh, no. a while. So good luck to them. Um, and yeah, we'll have our own wee mini league between us. My boys joined it as well. So he was picking his team early. He's got some of his pals to join it. We've got, we've got about 25 folk on that. We don't want too big a league. Especially, because then you'll end up reconstruction talks and too many teams getting relegated. Yeah. Um, and I'd rather finish 25th out of 25 than 1900th out of 1900th. So, um, yeah. um, so I, I keep on trying. I, I had my team and then I changed that wee bit again today. 
Um, I've not even so, looked at it since I put it in a few weeks ago. See what happens because as of like as of Saturday, we'll get to then see other folks' teams. You can't see them just now. Yeah. Where that? And there's a, there's a few difficult decisions to be made as well. I think because the likes are, say for example, Celtic. If you want to pick their left back, who do you pick? Will it be Taylor? Will it be Bongoli? Don't know. Even at right back, I'm assuming it'll be Frimpon. But could be that Israelian player. Um, he was pretty good yeah. until he got injured. So there's the likes of that choice. There's other ones as well. You're, you try and get the wee, the wee snidey ones that are cheap but are going to get you good points. Do you go for just a good first 11 and no have a good backup on the bench? What happens if one of your first 11 is no playing? Um, but I hopefully I've managed to get a good team on the go. There'll be no Friday night games this season, Milder, I don't think. Friday night is scrapped by... Championship, is it not? Championship still got it. Aye, for BBC, but in terms of like BT Sport, we're obviously... When they were doing it, they would have a wee Friday night game now and again. I don't well, think we're going to see that. We're doing a couple of Friday nights before Scotland games. Yeah, I so did see that. To, if, you, if you go to the 2nd of October, that's, there's a full card on the Friday night. Yeah. Just to give Scotland that little bit of breathing. Um, I think we do it again in November as well. So um, I don't yeah. know how that works because there's European games before that. So I don't know what would happen with like, Celtic and Rangers and... Uh, the shed was a bit of a mess with that, but, but uh, we'll wait and see when we get to it. Oh, is it just going to be um, Celtic and Rangers at when you're up by then, aye? Uh-huh. Aberdeen Mother will make it better. Uh, <laughs> we might get lucky of the drawing home ties this time. <laughs> when, when was the last time any Scottish team got to the playoff round, never mind the group stages? I think Hearts was the last one, if I remember rightly. Is that when the Hearts against Liverpool in 2014? Yes, because yes, David, David Templeton scored at Anfield and then was playing Elgin three days later with Rangers. That, this is a good season to change things. Yeah, exactly. Especially if Motherwell are going to win the Champions League in two yeah, seasons. But luck of the draw, that'd be nice. For that. But it's obviously going to be just a one off. Ah, well, one off tie. With that. We'll probably pull it in the third qualifying round like we normally do. Um, yeah. One 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 event I'm looking forward to this season if we can get it um up again. We want to get the charity football game back on. I'll talk to you more about that off air. Um but yeah, that's something that we we want to get back on because it was gotten that um getting cancelled twelve days before the game um, game last year. Or last season should I say. Yeah, okay, we're still dedicated. Yep, definitely. Uh, we will get them. I mean, John's kids might play that, but <laughs> the time we get to organise it, but <laughs> one of them's not born yet, so. I <laughs> uh, still oh. better than his dad. <laughs> <laughs> Is he still schooling you in the back garden? Is he what? Is he still schooling you in the back garden? Of course. Aye. <laughs> aye. Get him practicing right foot, left foot, striking for Aberdeen and... 12 years no headers no headers no say. no we're going to be playing sets of football ball on the ground all the time this season no, no, no I'm just talking about the point that you're not allowed to be doing I that know, anyway I know I'm just talking <laughs> I'm just talking about the fact that we could criticise for just being route one because we're up, front, up top but maybe a flight we're yeah. going to see Anderson up front go route one uh, it, it was funny um, one of the, um, the first times I watched football with, with my son was he, he kept saying that the ball was getting into outer space and I was like yeah that is watching Aberdeen Sunset you're right aye aye quite accurate <laughs> but I don't know maybe maybe I'm starting to get a wee bit of excitement well, about the league starting 
Um, I think it's just a combination of things. I'm not a fan of Sky, so I'm not going to get Sky as a sponsor for the podcast. That's out there. Um, I don't like their coverage. I've got BT Sport, so BT Sport, please get Scottish football back. Your coverage is far better. Yeah. Uh, I'll not send the link to this podcast to a couple of Sky people that I've recently spoken to for the Tatnar magazine, so because yeah. <laughs> I'd like to get them on here as well. Yeah, <laughs> but once we be up, once we beat Rangers four now on Saturday, all will be forgiven. It'll be all good. Um, like, John can complain about Sky. There are good things about Sky. Like I said earlier, Eli Barber's a terrific presenter. Yeah. Ian Crocker's a great commentator. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to hearing the likes of Alan McChrist. There, there are good things about the Sky coverage, um, and hopefully it's going to be um, a lot more focused than it has been previously. It's certainly in the next few weeks when there's no English football as well, that's going to help. Um, and it all kicks off this Saturday at half twelve with Aberdeen versus Angels. It's a decent start. Yeah, Ross can't be mother on Monday, which I think is a interesting choice. <laughs> so we did beat around the bush a wee bit there. Aye, are we doing predictions be... for the games, or are we not doing predictions for the games? Is that no? No, I don't want to do predictions. Right, okay. Terrible predictions. Right, fair I'm enough. Fair enough. But we will, uh, once football has started, we will be getting the picket out on the go again, regular. And we'll maybe have some other things that we, we do as well. We have got a guest lined up, as we said earlier, for not next week, but the following week. We might have a guest next week. Uh, we will see and if anyone is interested in coming on as a guest whether you're a fan whether you're a footballer at any level whether you work behind the scenes whatever we are more than um, happy to get you on if you can talk about football then we are pleased to get you on because we really enjoyed that aspect of things last season yeah it's terrific there's some um, guests from last season that will to come on again this season um, and those ones that I've organised I'll get to that when I know I'm available because I don't know if I'll be on next week I don't know if I'll be on the following week, we'll just name it and see Well, if you can't come on next week then we can get the young lad on because he, I spoke to him last week and he was, he, he's good in, on the, the old mic mm-hmm. so he'll be fine he'll fly the flag, but no best of luck hopefully um, all things go well if it's, or we're maybe still waiting until next week and then you're going to get the hot curries out and all sorts yeah, we're trying all that. <laughs> trying all that. Come <laughs> <laughs> when he's ready. Uh, anything else we want to discuss for the first podcast of season 10? Or do you think we've, we've covered it all? Well, I think we're good and ready to go now. Yeah. Ready to go. So. Bring on the new season? Yes. Indeed. Let's hope we're talking so about that, that's, that's the ten majority. definitely because we've got a podcast. We've got one podcast in the bag. Do you know who has achieved ten in a row? It doesn't Neil matter Don- anyway. I mean, what is it? Do you know who has uh, achieved ten in a row? Neil Doncaster, ten years in charge of the, uh, in the chief executive role. Well, I think Chris has managed ten Remarkable, in a row as well. So he's due a testimonial on the podcast this season. So. Basically, at some point, we'll need to play against... That's a point. I, 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 I have been on CFB, what podcast we're going against? You, you picking to play against? <laughs> I need to pick one, now. The, the charity game can just be renamed the um, Chris, Chris um, Testimonial for back on site. That means it's like one of the testimonial matches where like, the wee kid comes on and gets to like go into the six-yard box with no keeper and get a wee goal scored. 
for Chris. Well, Chris can do that, but he's missed from six yards. So, aye, but there's no keeper. No Ooh. keeper. Go. I was going to say, I, surely if it's a testimonial, I get to take a penalty somewhere along the way. Aye, well, we were talking about our space earlier than that. That's true. So, yeah, I've scored a penalty. So far, <laughs> it's been the boys moving. I've got a problem. But there's no evidence of this penalty being scored. We've not seen it. It was defilmed, but I do have a match report. Oh, that, that old chest match report. Yeah, yeah. And I used to date Kelly Brook, uh, but it's not been filmed. It's defilmed. Go back to that podcast. I almost goes back to Kelly Brook. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, there are certain websites I could check to see if it was filmed. <laughs> but I won't mention the one here. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> yeah, on, on that, that's probably a good time to wrap up. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back next week. we football to talk about, which definitely helps. Plenty of goals, terrible refereeing decisions, and I'm going to be interested to see what how we. I'm going to be interested to see how Scottish football copes without the no fan and what the fan noise will be like and different things like that. As I say, I think we just get pre-recorded noises in from the the fans and get the songs on. Carefully selected. Well, the club could select them, couldn't they? They could approve the songs. Mm-hmm. It's no problem. With that. Maybe, you know what, I've already seen enough complaints about Celtic's choice of music. Johnny Mack and the Faithful destroying song after song after song. Like, when Celtic score, you'll just get, you'll still get, just can't get enough. Johnny Mack and the Faithful did it. But you still get that, and do you think? Well, we mix it up. Because uh, you would get free from desire if Lee Griffiths scored. Uh, that's, that's still stuck in my head because he scored a hat trick the last time and played a competitive match. Uh, but I listen to very these days. It used to be the same song every time, but uh, unless it was last night scored, of course. Here's one song. Always one of these. Right, okay. That, that is the wrap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back next week. Cheers, guys. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Cheers. <laughs>